our country is teetering on the edge of disillusion. It's not just that public life is rancorous and polarized. Today's economic system does not spread benefits widely, and the cultural and moral fabric of the country is unraveling. Now just, one could go on about this, but just continue, consider two damning facts. First fact, Bill Clinton was born in 1946. He and his baby boomer cohort, of which I'm a part, had a more than 80% chance of earning more than their parents did at age 30. That's the American dream, to improve your station in life and to get ahead. And that dream has become a nightmare. If you were born in 1992, you have a less than 50% chance of earning more than your parents did at age 30. Second fact, social capital has been spent down as well. In 1960, 80% of births were out of wedlock. Today, the rate is 40%. It's much worse if you control for social status. If your mother only has a high school diploma and you were born in 2021, odds are against the prospect that you'll be raised by your mother and father. Recent decades have also seen increases in self-destructive behaviors such as drug abuse, obesity, lack of social involvement, and chronic unemployment. Now, I could go on with the dysfunctions. Our foreign policy failures of the last 30 years offers a target-rich environment. And don't get me going on the energy transition. Like the last generation's grand project, which was economic globalization, it's almost certain, the green energy transition, it's almost certain to pay handsome debt dividends to the well-positioned creative class while further, impo further impoverishing America's working class. But that's, my point is not to dwell on these problems. It's not just that America has problems. Every country has a great deal of ruin in it. Rather, I submit, we're imperiled as a country by the fact that those running the show refuse to address or even acknowledge our debilitating problems. Consider heroin and fentanyl overdose deaths. More than a million people have died since 1999. And what has been our policy response? To legalize marijuana. Our fellow citizens consider, consistently ask for less immigration, but our leadership class gives them more. The family disintegrates as a social institution for a growing plurality of Americans. The relations between men and women are increasingly unhappy, and fertility is in steep decline. In response, our elites gather around the rainbow flag. Our system of higher education perverts our political culture with rebarbative ideologies and miseducates the young and loads them with unsustainable debt. The latest policy response has been to send, spend a trillion dollars for giving loans, in effect an indirect bailout of the bloated system and a cash benefit for above median Americans. Meanwhile, the super-rich ladle more and more money into obscenely large endowments. Now, I submit to you, a country has no future when its leaders neglect the weal and woe of the nation as a whole. And the essence of the social contract, as I understand it, at least one essential aspect of the social contract is this. Those at the top of the heap promise to use at least some of their wealth and power to promote the common good. And this is not happening in the United States, at least not often enough and thoroughly enough. 
And as a, as a consequence, the social contract between the leaders and the led is breaking down. Now, populism is an obvious symptom of this breakdown because populism is a vote of no confidence in elite leadership. That's why it's always used as a derogatory, uh, derogatory term in elite circles. And this vote of no confidence is evident in opinion polling. That polling shows a profound distrust of our establishment institutions, which are, after all, the instruments of elite rule. And ironically, our elites echo populist mistrust, in their case, directing it towards the populace. Mitt Romney spoke of half of the country as takers. Hillary Clinton chastised the substantial plurality as deplorables. Joe Biden has derided them as semi-fascists. So the sentiment is widespread among those on the top. They're frustrated, and they're asking themselves, our leaders, why are our fellow citizens so lazy, so ignorant, and so fat? Too many, we are told, lack diversity, which in today's parlance amounts to disqualification from full citizenship. As I said, the contract, social contract in our country is breaking down. Those at the top have elaborate plans for the future, but they worry that the country is undeserving of their leadership. Meanwhile, the unwashed awaken to the fact that they live under a post-democratic regime that does not have their interests at heart. Now, repairing the social contract in America will require significant changes in economic, cultural, and foreign policy. And just let me put it in programmatic terms. One, we need to revise the rules of the road for our free market economy to give advantages to high school educated Americans. More simply put, return on capital needs to fall and return on labor needs to rise. Second, we must deconstruct elements of the civil rights regime, revise welfare benefits, and take other measures to shift cultural power away from the marginalized, the so-called marginalized, and toward those at the center. Again, to state the matter more simply, we need to make normal normal again. And three, our foreign policy must be oriented less towards elite interests and more towards the interests of median Americans. As I put it elsewhere, we've got to make sure that, we, that, that Silicon Valley, Hollywood, and Wall Street cannot use the United States military as their private army to protect their interests. Now, it seems to me that some are awakening to these imperatives, but I submit that none of it will come to pass unless we close, and this is to me the central uh, problem facing our country, unless we close the chasm that has opened up between those leading our country and those who are being led, the coming apart, as uh, Charles Murray um, uh, called it. We need, quite frankly, to drive our smug, self-isolated elite back into contact with the people whom they govern. And I'm going to conclude here with a modest proposal on how to do so. So there's some policy suggestions. One, universal school choice of the sort established in Arizona, although I think annual payments to parents must be at least double that state's allocation of $7,000 per child. As Charles Murray has documented, residential segregation by social class has become extreme in our country. 
and school quality fuels this trend. Universal school choice, therefore, works against residential segregation. It also encourages affiliation in accord with school mission, such as religious instruction, and these things transcend social class. Second policy recommendation. Significant redirection of government subsidies away from higher education and toward vocational education. The college or bust mentality has done great damage to working class America. The overinvestment in talented young people has, become, has been obscene, given the likelihood of their succeeding in life. The foolish overinvestment in higher ed also impedes family formation by delaying adulthood, and it finances the destructive ideologies that damage our society. Three, mandatory military service for children of parents making $250,000 or more a year. <laughs> and mandatory military service for graduates of university with endowments of ex in excess of $400,000 per, per student, which, by the way, is roughly the 50 richest schools. The reason why is this. Those who are likely to run the country in the future need to serve in its defense. And the parents who are currently making decisions about war and peace need to have skin in the game. Four. Barring from public office those who hold dual citizenship. Globalization has, direct elite, has directed elite interests away from the national interest. It's crucial, it seems to me, to prevent this misalignment from becoming more extreme. I find it astounding that Dr. Oz might serve in the United States Senate as a citizen of the United States and as a citizen of Turkey. We should not be governed by those whose plan B is to move to another country. And then finally, support families and religious institutions. America is not hungry, but we should take notes on what might work in our society. And then, so for support of religion, devotion to transcendence turns out to be the best way to transcend the elite, non-elite divide. And a reversal, I think, of anti-religious Supreme Court decisions about matters of such as school prayer is long overdue. So in conclusion, look, maybe these proposals are misguided. I don't know about that mandatory military service one. <laughs> but of this, I'm sure, we need the intelligence, talent, and ambition of the best and brightest Americans. And more importantly, we need to have those qualities directed towards solving the country's problems. This will not happen automatically, given the developments over the last 30 years. We are not going to repair the social contract in America until we cut off the elite's escape routes and force them to live among the people whom they will be governing. Thank you. <laughs>